0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the new dawning details that Bungie revealed about the upcoming event on the 15th of December. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms that are out there, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at sntrlive.com. I'm streaming on YouTube most of those days. You can also bookmark sntrnetwork.com for all the shows that I do as well as new features getting at it every day. So the reason I wanted to walk through this is they are making some changes this time around to how the cosmetics work in the dawning. I actually like the event, but I've never been a huge fan of having to take the cookies to all the various different areas. There's also some conflicting information or maybe even some confusing information with respect to the weapons we're seeing potential roles for some of the old dawning weapons and having their infusion caps raised in addition to the new fusion rifle. So I thought this actually deserved uh, a topic as well as some discussion at the end. My final section will be about the armor as well as how we pursue cosmetics that are thematically driven since recently uh, Bungie gave us assurances that anytime a cosmetic item is attached to something thematically in the game, it will not be in the ever- which is why with Vessel of the Lost we were able to earn the ghost the sparrow and the ship just through in-game effort. So, first let's just talk about the guns because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk right now. We don't really know how some of this is going to work, but we do know the Glacio Clasm Fusion Rifle is the official dawning weapon. It's a void element high impact frame fusion rifle and it can get some of the new perks like Unrelenting Killing Wind and Surplus. Now, some people are criticizing this and saying, "Well, it's just the the rental, and it's been given a bit of a reskin, and some of the new perks. I generally don't get too hung up on this kind of thing, mainly because it's a free event. I will say, however, this would have been a good time to put another aggressive frame fusion rifle in the game with maybe some different perk combinations just for fun. Uh, The aggressive frame fusion that is on Europa is actually a really enjoyable weapon, and I really like it with one for all. As a perk, it can, you know, you hit two targets in the third, you hit you get a pretty big damage buff for 9 seconds. It's actually a really, really strong secondary weapon if used properly. This could have been another opportunity to add another one of those frames. Now, maybe they didn't want to do that because they want the uniqueness and the newness of the Europa Fusion to sort of stand out, and maybe that's why they decided uh, to do that. Now, in addition to the Glacioclasm, we're also seeing... You can see this for yourself, by the way. If you go into Collections... You can see that the previous dawning weapons, the Avalanche, that's a machine gun, and the Cold Front, that's an SMG, they have had their infusion caps raised in collections. Now, you can't pull them out because they're random roll weapons, but they have had their infusion caps raised. So this obviously drove people to check them on one of the sites that we like to use, which is light.gg. Now, it's showing both of these weapons having their infusion caps raised in addition to featuring basically all of the new perks in addition to their previous perk pools now we don't know if this is a mistake in the database we don't know if this is something that they plan on keeping in place or or not it's it's essentially going to make these weapons have an insane amount of potential perk combinations i would love to get an avalanche with vorpal and auto loading i don't know if that's possible but if it is it would be nice to have some directional grind the way that they've done these weapons in the past they're very very random they drop just randomly from uh the, the you know the npcs when you give them their cookie given that now there's going to be potentially three weapons and two with really, really deep perk pools. It would be nice if they decided to add more agency and intentionality to grinding for those, especially given, you know, sort of the absence of loot. (coughs) Excuse me. In Beyond Light, there's just been an absence of loot. I mean, this has been admitted by Joe Blackburn uh, very recently in the blog post to the point that they're hiring more people for the rewards team. And they want to see more rewards in future content. And I think that is another reason why when they do these types of events, there always should be some loot and a really, really intentional way to grind for them. I'm just going to say it because I I know this was something that we were missing from Beyond Light, and this would have been maybe the best time to do it. This would have been the perfect time to introduce a legendary stasis weapon, given the holiday theme, but, you know, they decided not to. At least it looks like we can get some really solid rolls on the previous weapons as reissues, and, you know, they, they should have some of those new perks. I just It would have been a nice time uh, to, uh, you know, to, to give us the ability to have that as a, as an option sorry we, we had somebody in the voice chat I think Wolvie's mic was unmuted for some reason <laughs> I don't know what happened I remuted him anyway let's move on to talk about the cosmetics he's a random guest host today uh, the cosmetics so obviously anytime there's a you know there's an event like this that's going to be one of the things that we highlight and look at and uh, and consider chasing and uh, and going after and they've made changes to how this is going to work as well there's another great site you can look up called destiny sets if you want to see really really good pictures of these items um there is uh there's three shaders one emblem three sparrows three ghosts two ghost projections five emotes and two exotic ornaments um and one of the exotic ornaments is for the xenophage and one of them is for the monte carlo and they actually look really really awesome Those are likely only going to be sold uh, for the the Bright Dust or the Silver. Typically, the only thing that is, you know, Silver only is usually uh, an emote or a finisher. So since we're, I, I don't know if there's a finisher in the list, maybe I missed it. So either one of the emotes or a finisher will be uh, silver only. Most of the items are always a mixture of both either bright dust uh, or or silver. Now, it's not clear if all the items will be upgradable, but they did give us an example of something that they're going to be doing with the appearances, so if you get more spirit uh, on the ship, it's supposed to change its you know its appearance now the ghost with the Christmas lights you can see I have it on the screen there if you look at the picture of it on Destiny sets there are no light bulbs in the Christmas strand, it's like they're not there and I don't know if that's something that's also going to be upgradable, same as the ship here's the direct quote from Bungie they said, you can generate dawning spirits to unlock your ship's aesthetic delights, including three selectable engine effects a unique transmat effect and an animated shader that's as unique as the ship itself So apparently they're attempting to give you the ability, at least with the Dawning Spirit Ship, to have upgradable and customizable aesthetics on the item. Now, I would like to see this show up in other places because customization is always good. And if they ever add any sort of cosmetic items to, you know, content, like as an example, the raid, the raid has a ghost and a sparrow. It'd be cool. If you could level that up by running the raid and getting something from the raid, maybe Spoils of Conquest, to unlock all these other sort of vanity cosmetic options for the items itself. So this is probably maybe the beginning of that, or this might be one of the only times that they do it. Uh, We're not actually sure. Um, Somebody's saying that the light in the eye, was also gone. That is true. Uh, They didn't have the light on in the go. So it could have been just a weird snapshot and a visual glitch, and maybe the only thing that has that customizable thing, uh, it'll only be the ship. I would love for them to do more of this and it, with anything that they do, whether you get a ghost, a sparrow, or a ship. A lot of the times I've talked about taking a vendor, taking an NPC, and giving them seasonal rewards. Well, the seasonal rewards could look cooler, better, or give you more customization options the more you you know grind and level up uh, that vendor. Lastly, let's talk about the armor. The dotting armor actually, I think, usually looks really, really good, and this is actually the first time I'm actually tempted to buy some of the sets. Usually, I look at the price and the bright dust hit that I'm going to take, or the silver hit that I need to take, and I usually, you know, kind of look the other way. I'm like, I don't think so, but I actually really, really like the armor sets this year. Only thing I don't like is how great the hunter looks here on the front side, and his his cape is kind of a beaver tail it's like rounded, I'm not a fan of that but I actually think the helmets are especially nice, I think they look a little bit more hardcore than festive they've got a lot of horns and a lot of sharp parts on them, and I like that uh, that aesthetic choice that they did now, given how the Festival of the Lost went the thematic cosmetic items like the Sparrow Ghosts and Ships will be earnable from Eva Levante, while the armor is going to be sold, I think this is just traditionally how they do it, you know, for the 1500 silver or the, like, I think it's like 6,000 Bright Dust. So it really cleans you out. You either spend the 15 bucks or you really, really decimate your Bright Dust that you've been saving up. But, uh, as is customary, I would anticipate this having the increase in the Bright Dust earn rate with the the, the weeklies and the the repeatables that should come from it, and we also are getting more Bright Dust from our season pass. I'm a huge fan of that change. I don't feel like I have to really just constantly slam out weeklies and repeatables to make sure I'm getting my Bright Dust, because I I've been getting the nice big injections from the season pass itself now it would be nice if they made the armor earnable through in-game effort, but I do understand why free events have to have some level of cosmetic Eververse component in them, and it's good that Bungie's moved the cosmetics sort of out of the game, uh, I'm sorry, out of the Eververse and into the game for these events with respect to the ones that are thematically driven. So I can kind of be like, yeah, it's fine that the armor is only purchasable since they have moved uh, a portion of the items to be in-game earnable, and I think that's a good choice. So we're going to transition to a QA and a uh, a Q&A session now uh, to follow this if you're listening or, or you're here live remember to hit like and subscribe that helps out the YouTube channel if you're listening or watching elsewhere you can always go to sntrlive.com to watch me live on YouTube as always if you're listening or watching in any of the other locations please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the dawning details. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms that are out there, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. If you're in the live audience, always be sure to click like and subscribe. And you can submit questions like this if you're a paying member to the channel. Just use the question command in chat or you can use the community Q&A that is actually free that is at sntrnetwork.com and yes I am left handed the camera is not reversed so first question coming in from Hitman while there are good changes in motion I still don't understand why we're baking cookies this event once again I try not to be hard on Bungie but when it is safe to not give them uh, when is it safe not to give them a pass and say come on guys you could um, strum together a different idea by now Yeah, I mean, I don't want to beat him up about this either because it is a free event and, you know, it's the holidays and it's also, you know, sort of a, um, it's, it's, it's also, it's also supposed to just be sort of fun and lighthearted, but I will agree that baking the cookies and having to like travel to destinations is I think getting a little long in the tooth. I you know, I, I don't mind when they reuse Verdant Forest or Haunted Forest, because at least it's an activity. I can go do it, you know, the EAZ. I feel like the EAZ is the perfect fit for the dawning, okay? Mainly for a couple of reasons. It doesn't really get used all that often, and the premise of going and looking for chests at the end could be a fun iteration of, you know, of the, a fun iteration of that could be, go and look for Christmas presents, or I'm sorry, dawning presents at the end, the idea of like kill the enemies, you could put snow everywhere you could put the snowballs in the EAZ to use against the weapons I love when they put the snowballs in the strikes that one time and then when you're done, you could be going around and looking for the presents and you could have, you know, lights on the houses and it'd be like a little Christmas town. It would feel really really cool, you know. It would feel it would feel really really cool, I think. Um and so I would enjoy something like that. Now, you know, somebody saying EAZ is really annoying. I actually like the EAZ. I like anything that is like Verdant Forest, Haunted Forest, EAZ, like a little teeny content loop. It's something new. It's something, you know, well, not new. I'm sorry. It's something fresh. You know, we haven't done it in a while. It's something you can kind of focus your attention on so you're not just living on Europa or living in Empire Hunts or Strikes. You You can change it up a little bit. So and again I think you throw some snowballs in there and it could be really really fun. I I kind of missed that. I thought that was a great modifier when they put it in strikes. So I'm 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 kind of in agreement with Hitman here. I don't want to beat him up and be like, "How dare you guys do the same old same old, you know, and get all negative Nancy about it and complaining about it." You know, I I I don't want to do that. But at the same time, it's like I think it's time to change things up a bit, especially after Fessel of the Lost was a little disappointing for some folks given that they brought, you know, a new weapon and it didn't seem that exciting. It seems sort of like, you know, it didn't even seem really worth it it didn't seem worth uh, the trouble because of the way they set up the two weapons and the way that you went and got them and you actually had to leave the, the forest to go get the things to unlock the things like they kind of messed that grind up as well it wasn't really streamlined it wasn't as streamlined as it could have been and so it ended up feeling it ended up feeling kind of uh, kind of backwards um, in general in general I think when these kind of events crop up I actually think we should expect it to be pretty basic and pretty straightforward and not that involved, but I think the baking of the cookies, the problem with it is is—is it's not like some basic activity it's not some, oh you know, this is this is going to be a little teeny content loop with drops at the end it ends up feeling kind of tedious it ends up feeling like I don't want to go and do that, I don't want to go and travel there, so what I ended up doing I don't know if you guys did this I ended up deleting I would delete like bounties that I didn't want to go do, or people that I didn't want to go see, and I think that's where I kind of like I I kind of hit this content as a bit of a wall. It, I, I think it would it would probably be accepted a little bit better if it was more of like an activity or a loop. Again, you've got the snowballs, you've got the snowy theme. Do something you know with the EAZ or something that, that to to give us a you know to give us something other than standing in the tower and deleting bounties and giving uh and giving and giving cookies to an npc you know i I think that i think that in general is uh is a is a mistake because it just ends up feeling it doesn't feel like an event at that point it feels sort of like a bounty chore you know it feels a little bit like a bounty chore next question from techno a bit off-topic, and I'm submitting this during the roundtable, should the new playlist weapons in the Adept Nightfall weapons have rotating drops like EP and Reckoning did? For example, this week Grandmasters are dropping the Palindrome, and then this week Gambit's dropping the Grenade Launcher. I I, I like what you're saying for Nightfalls. Now, the only reason I'd be a little bit miffed is if, if I actually get motivated to want to go for... Um, if I actually got motivated enough to want to go for, let's say, an Adept Shadow Price, but the Adept Shadow Price falls on the Corrupted or something, I would be pretty ticked off. I'd be like, I do not want to run that as a Grandmaster, right? I would prefer to wait for something like Lake of Shadows or something. I don't know some of the other ones that are faster. but So I like it for the Nightfall, but at the same time I'd probably be annoyed by it. I don't know if I like it for the the activities you know all this week that you know the grenade launcher is dropping in gambit or or whatever whatever the case may be i think they need to give us some form of agency and choice over this so if i'm going to go into the strike playlist or the crucible playlist or for frick's sake if i if you're getting me to go into gambit i better have some control over what i'm getting now i know the legendary drop m- mod on ghosts On your ghost, I'm sorry. It does seem to help with the drop rate of these items in... um, It does seem to help with the drop rate of these items in in, in the various hoppers. But I would certainly say that... That's not the best experience. You have this feeling of futility. Number one, I've run the strikes so many times it just isn't an enjoyable experience to run two, three, and four strikes and then, you know, the thing drops one or two times and then that's kind of the end of the matter. Um, I would prefer, if I'm going to go into old content, if I'm going to go into an an old activity hopper, I would definitely prefer to have some intentionality and some control over what drops. Um, Mainly because the content itself ain't that great it just ain't that great. Like, no one's going into strikes right now and thinking, oh man, t- t- to run the inverted spire for the 2800th time, you know, for the 1000th time, I'm so glad that I get to do this. Most of us are going in there because of a chore, right? They- they've given you some sort of an assignment. Go in here and get stasis skills. Go in here and do this. You're not even necessarily going into these environments because you want to. Or because you think it's worth your time, you're kind of going in there out of necessity. And if I went to the strike playlist and there was right now, there's the Zeno shotgun. Well, let's say there's the shotgun, and then they put a uh, a hand cannon, and then they put uh, a sword in the strike playlist. You know, they put one of each. So you have a you have a secondary, a primary, and a heavy. Well, these are just dropping randomly. I I, I just. I don't know. This is what I want them to make good on. I want them to make good on the promise that they were going to reinvigorate core activities. Throwing random guns in there that drop at just random intervals of time, I don't think that's reinvigoration. That, to me, feels, and I never use this word haphazardly. I don't use it, you know, liberally or often. It feels lazy. It just feels lazy to say, "Oh, we reinvigorated the core activities." Well, how? Well, we added some guns to the loot pool. I I think both the the vendors and the sort of the vendor si- system and their seasonal rank um and the weapons themselves, they all need a bit of a a bit of a tweak and a bit of a a bit of an upgrade. You got to you got to do a, a quality pass. On these on these activities and these vendors, I don't think just throwing two guns into the strike playlist into in addition to the Zeno shotgun, I don't think that's doing much of anything. Uh, you have to be careful, honestly, sometimes with loot because it just ends up being a frustration point for people. Are strikes really worthy of that level of attention? That way well, you're going to grind it all day and then you're going to end your play session and be like, "Wow, I got." You know two of those hand cannons and neither of them were the one that I liked like compare it to the efficiency of running the raid you're gonna go grind security until you have 240 spoils and then you're gonna go buy a gun from the raid 12 times hoping to get the roll that you want well. I shouldn't go into the strike playlist and feel like it's less efficient to chase whatever god roll I've determined I'm looking for on the strike playlist compared to the raid. I just think that kind of core activity, low-hanging fruit content should be very, very accessible with respect to I want that Xeno shotgun, and if I grab this boon, then it's dropping while I'm in there, and it's dropping more often the longer I stay in the playlist, and the boons are more effective as the season goes on, and I raise my rank with Zavala, you know? I just... Mike brings it up all the time on the round table respecting the players time and if I knew I could go into Gambit a mode that I don't like and my time was respected with the very very good interval and an earn rate on a particular weapon you know in that playlist well then you would likely see me go in there for at least a certain amount of time. You're never going to see that happen if I go in there and it's this this big, stupid, unknown question mark. Like, yep, it might never drop today. You played five games and didn't get it. You know, and then your sixth and seventh game that you force yourself to play because you're like, I'm going to play until I get a drop and you're aggravated and you're not having a good time and then you finally get a drop and it's the wrong roll. I just... I don't... I don't know. I would say... I would say there's got to be some level of intentionality with respect to these weapons getting put into these core activities. Techno. Now, on topic. According to LightGG and the Dawning page, we'll be getting another community event coming with the Dawning. Do you feel this is good, low bandwidth update to a free seasonal event? Do we want more from something that is free for everyone? This is my first Frickmas with Lono. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um... Oh, this is a terrible time to bring it up. I actually don't know what we're going to be doing with the Five Nights of Frickmas, um, and what channel we're going to be able to do it on. Uh, we've got to consider that. We're we're not sure how and where we're going to do it yet, because we're just in a very different scenario now on YouTube. Um, but to the you know the first half of the question, you know, there's a community event. It sounded to me like from what I saw, it's like a community event slash community challenge where like we have to like tally up a bunch of points and do a bunch of things. Um, My only thought is this. I liked the idea of everybody doing something and it changing something in the tower. Uh, Guardian Games was a complete and utter disaster, but I think in principle, the idea was actually pretty cool. You know building the lighthouse and the towers little you know uh, projection changing that was also pretty cool so you know if if maybe something in the tower is changing according to this um this this weekly or i'm sorry this uh seasonal community event challenge thing that they're going to do you know that that stuff's kind of fine again you're you're just this is a low bandwidth free seasonal event you know do we want something more that's free for everyone I, I think that's just my main criticism, is the one that I made at the beginning of this, vi- uh, this, this Q&A session. At a very, very foundational level, I think these events are better when there's some form of a content uh, loop activity, right? They created a content loop, alright? It's, it's It's baking cookies, okay? That's a content loop. That's why I say I think these events are generally better when it's a content loop activity, verdant forest haunted forest eaz i think these are sort of i would say better iterations on the idea that you're going to come and do something for a couple of weeks and you're going to get stuff while you're doing it i also think how they've delivered the weapons in the past has been um less than desirable it's like I'm literally just slamming cookies on NPCs, hoping to get the gun right. And I remember get I got a version of the Avalanche that I wanted, but a lot of people didn't. You know, since it's a limited time event, it's also probably good to be generous, um, to be generous, and to and to give players agency and intentionality. Mainly because it's a limited time event, and if if somebody wants to get like a really good run. Um, you know, if they want to get a really, really good roll, I'm sorry, on a particular gun. Um, not a run on a roll. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a good roll on a gun. I don't know. People complain about the Haunted Forest. I don't think Bungie will ever be able to meet the quality people want here. Well, people are going to complain no matter what. What I try to do is, I try to see is what's the legitimacy of the complaint. Okay, So if somebody's going to complain about the Haunted Forest, the Verdant Forest, or the EAZ, I actually think the complaints aren't all that legitimate given it's a free event. A free event actually having an activity in a content loop, it's really hard to complain about that, right? Baking cookies and having to travel to NPCs. Is that a worthy criticism? Is that is that valid? Well, I think so. Why? Because you're spending more of your time not even playing. You're spending time traveling and in menus at vendors than actually playing the game. And that's where I think the criticism is more valid to say, this doesn't really even feel like uh, you know an event. And if it's a free event, there's like a teeny little content loop and we go into a little space like the EAZ or something. Complaining about that just seems silly, because it's like, come on, it's a free event. Like, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you expect here, you know? FET44 says that, chat, we only need 10 more likes for 700. Alright, you have your orders now, chat, from FET44. The Force was complained about because it was the third year in a row. It's legit criticism. Right, and see, now we're having a different conversation. I would probably agree with you that every year they should probably consider doing some formal some form of an iteration change or update instead of just dialing in the same thing every single time right so i don't care if they use the eaz and then a year later they use it again but they completely change the way the eaz is experienced you can use the same set just film a different movie do you know what i'm saying I'm okay with using the same set pieces. Like we go back to Verdant, Haunted, or EAZ. Just change them. Make them different. Give them different mechanics or different enemies. And I also think loot plays a factor here. Give people the ability to say, I really, really want this weapon. Like if you really, really want an avalanche and you want a particular role on it, I think that the content is going to serve you up better. Um... And 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 honestly, probably do a better job of you know being inviting for it to be you know loot based. Like you're actually going to commit. I would think to going in and saying, "Hey, I'm I I would really really like a role on this gun." If you can't actually chase it and go after it, then I don't think people. I, I think that hurts engagement. People just sort of like walk away. Um, the best roles for the weapons were also bought from collections. That's another reason thing. That's another thing they need to look at you know that's another thing you need to look at like what are you actually getting are you getting something that's worth your time are you are you getting a potential role that's good they did that with the braitech werewolf like the braitech werewolf was such a good idea and then the role they gave you right out of the jump was better than any of the roles that you could go for uh, and any of the any of the things that you could you could you could chase down like all of the combinations of perks on the braitech werewolf was was i think they were all inferior to the one that they gave you. And that was also a problem. Darth Batman says, if Bungie could go back in time, would it be best to sunset only year one and then year two with Witch Queen and so on? Having both Forsaken and Shadowkeep still in the game and having all the loot sunset doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Lightly basically pushed back on this on the round table and he said he thinks it's fine because you can use all of the Forsaken and Shadowkeep weapons in the Forsaken and Shadowkeep content. And that's true to a point, but the nightmare hunts go higher than the actual sunset cap uh of the guns from uh from Shadow Keep. So what what I would have done is I thought sunsetting year one, and then in the next season you would sunset year two, and then in the next season you would have sunset, you know, Shadow Keep and it's and it's congruent or parallel season so you know we, we would have you would have sunset shadow keep and dawn at the same time and then the following season you would have sunset arrive i'm sorry worthy and then the last but not least you'd sunset arrivals then you'd go into witch queen with kind of a a slow and steady form of sunsetting. i i remember back when they announced how much was getting sunset i specifically remember having a conversation with the audience and saying I th- I think this means they're going to add a ton of loot I said I don't know why you would bother sunsetting this much gear if you're not going to fill the vacancies and boy was I wrong like that was a completely inaccurate prediction now was it logical yeah I, I think I was being pretty reasonable and being pretty logical like if you're going to if you're going to sunset 75% of the legendary weapon pool then I would think you're gonna add a, a pretty good amount of stuff when you take that swing. Um so, you know, if if you're gonna swing at the loot pool that hard. So I I would I think I was being reasonable and I think I was being logical, but man, I was dead wrong. They were like, nope, we're gonna sunset Shadow Keep, Loot, and all the way back to vanilla, and we're only gonna add 31 guns. And it was just like, I'm sorry, wait, huh? What? That doesn't that doesn't seem like the greatest decision. Um, you know, the if if they wouldn't have sunset so much, I still think we would have looked at the loot count and been like, this was a $50 expansion. This is almost the price of a brand new game, and we got essentially the same number of guns that like Season of Dawn got. Like, it's we're getting a seasonal amount of loot total that you know for a for what amounts to a $50 expansion. Um, I never thought the loot amount would be this poor either. Right, like, I I know maybe I overstated my case at the time, but my gosh, I don't think anybody could foresee that they were going to give us essentially the same amount of weapons that we got in the season. Like, Season of Dawn was like 26 weapons or something. And we basically got the same amount of guns. Now, I know some of the ones to pad out Season of Dawn were reissues, so that might, you know, maybe chop its number down a peg or two. But still, I was... was very, very surprised at when we totaled it all up and we looked at it and we really were honest about, you know, the the number of, of guns to chase it was, you know, it, I don't know it was alarming uh, what's good h2 I remember when I saw the reddit thread that had added it all up and I was like, gee, many Christmas that is a uh, that is a very very lopsided, you know decision, so listen, if you go back and watch the old content on sunsetting that I covered, before they officially announced that they would be sunsetting all of year 1, all of year 2, and Shadowkeep all at the same time, I continued to say I thought they were going to do it piecemeal to make it so it wouldn't be so painful I I consistently like, towed that line, I was like guys, I don't think they're going to sunset all the gear at once, I think they're going to do year 1, then year 2, then shadow keep and then they would have been in a mo- in like in a motion to continually hit the other seasons one year later so eventually you'd have been like oh i you you would foresee it coming you would understand you're like oh i get it it's time for something to get sunset um And man, I was wrong about that. I was wrong about that. They were like, oh, no, we're not going to sunset piecemeal, you know, year one and then year two and then so forth. We're going to literally sunset all of year one, all of year two and Shadowkeep. uh, And then we're going to only add 30 something guns. So. It, i think it highlighted something that needed to be highlighted to them that going forward you're setting a terrible precedent i i try to tell folks it's like if we get all the way to witch queen and they sunset all the weapons from beyond light and they add about 30 weapons it, if this is the precedent if this is the if this is the going rate then i think people are going to be um like I'm checking out they'll be bored I'm like I, there's just not enough to chase. It's literally an expansion that feels like it has the loot density of a of a season. So if something only has the loot density of a season, I think it's going to continue to feel like a bad precedent and I'm glad that they saw that with regard to sunsetting shaving, you know, stuff off and them only adding in, you know, a, a, a what would what we would consider to be a meager amount. I don't think it's a meager amount when it's in a season. You know, spending ten dollars and getting a story, a story movement, and uh, and and new loot and a content loop for ten bucks, I just think the seasons are really, really great value. I listen. I know season of the worthy sucked, but if that if that content loop wouldn't have been so bad, it was easily worth ten dollars. You had war Mine cell builds, you had the guns, you had the bu- you had the bunkers. The public event, you had the lost sectors with like the things you could upgrade with the spear and the robots. I mean it that actually worthy was wasn't a terrible season. It just was a terrible content loop. That was also the season we got Fellwinter and we went down and saw the original Rasputin and I thought that was really significant and learning the backstory of Fellwinter was really, really cool. And you know, for ten dollars, actually, we 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 got we got some cool stuff, but man, the content loop and and the guns really attached to it was just like what it just felt really really weak, but again for ten bucks it's hard to get upset. It's like well, you know, you know, you look like something like season of arrivals. We didn't really get a good content loop. It's it's contact public event and the interference mission, but then they got some cool guns and the umbral system and cool story developments with Eris and the and the ships. So for $10, it's it's hard to look at that and be like, yeah, I got ripped off. I mean, that's, that's actually pretty cheap in comparison to other games that you might buy content and play for, you know, three months, you know? Darth Batman. Since the Exo Stranger can move through time and change timelines, could we see a villain do the same thing and follow her in a future DLC like Thanos? I mean... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I suppose it's always possible for them to, uh, you know, um, it's always possible for them to do something like that. Because, I mean, we don't we don't really truly know what everyone's plans are. I don't think they're going to do this for a couple of reasons. I think they're handing off the main narrative driver to Eris and Savathun. Like, I think that's kind of where we're going next. Um and then after that I think we're going to end up going somewhere and and getting a blighted subclass. We're going to get a poison subclass from, you know, witch queen. Um you know, and and I think Donut's right. I mean, the Vex kind of already do this, right? They try to hot timelines, they try to, you know, they try to do simulations with the infinite forest. Um they certainly try and do that, but there does there's not like some big baddie who's like well I'm gonna go back and undo everything you did in this timeline and that timeline and everything else Like, it, that I don't necessarily know if they're gonna do that to me it feels like right now they're setting up Eris and Savathun to take center stage in 2021 you know sort of like in the next year that's kind of where um, even Joe Blackburn made it sound like that in the vid doc he was kind of like yeah this is the thing we're doing with Wrathborn hunts and Zevu Wrath. its going to set up all these dominoes for Savathun, and the last one's going to hit, you know, in Witch Queen or whatever. Um, is it too soon to say that Worthy is better than Season of the Hunt? The Wrath hunts are so small. Yeah, the, the Wrath hunts are small, but at least they're, in, they're they're quick and they're actually enjoyable compared to the towers. And the weapons are good, so I don't know. I, I and also the story is better. I think the story is better for Season of the Hunt. Comparatively, although the story did get really, really good and, and worthy with uh, with Fellwinter and the and the original Rasputin, I thought that was I thought that was actually excellent storytelling, and it was a really cool environment. Um, so, next question from Joseph Young. Looking at uh, last year's dawning, should future donnings implement something like the haunted forest but dawning themed or leave it as a cookie cutter simulator? Yeah, this is a bit of a repeat. We kind of touched on this. I I do think that is probably um there's two there's two things about the dawning that need to be changed. Number one, I think having an activity b- would be better than baking cookies. And number two, um I also I also think they they should have considered uh, you know, making and maybe they did, giving us intentional pathways to the guns. Uh story better when the crow speaks, I fall asleep. Yeah, I don't agree with you. I think the background story with Crow is awesome. I think going for the Hawk Moon was awesome and hearing his uh audio when we found his room and how he kept the the you know, the sword and all this other stuff. Uh I actually think that the stuff around the crow is actually pretty cool. Yeah, he's a little bit more, you know, mopey, broody you know, gothic, you know, he's he's a little emo, but I actually think, you know, what he's saying and what has transpired is actually pretty cool. Um, so. There's not a single sunset weapon that would create any problems in the Deepstone Crypt. Right. This is a conversation that, you know, we might want to save for another day is um, the raid weapons, right? The raid weapons don't feel like, like they need to be sunset. You know what I'm saying? They don't feel like they need to be sunset. How could a single one of the raid weapons that you can go for right now pose a problem going forward? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what do they do? The sniper, the, the hand cannon, the shotgun, none of those weapons have anything on them but you're like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a real big problem in the next raid." Cuz that's what they sold us on was that sunsetting was in place so they didn't have to worry about some really strong weapon having eternal viability. And they gave us a bunch of perks for like for for like what? Overloading your mag? Like I I don't know. The only weapon I feel I've not found a replacement for is Mountaintop. So all sunsetting has done is stop Mountaintop. Well, but again, the whole idea around eternal viability being a problem for game design you guys implemented sunsetting and man oh man did you guys you guys bunted on the uh you guys you guys you guys bunted on that where it's like what these don't even feel like a threat you know long term I commented for months that the design ceiling wasn't going to get blown off its hinges when sunsetting happens i got shadow banned over pointing that out who shadow bans you for pointing that out i don't shadow ban people i mean i said what they said i was always quoting bungie they wanted to more make more weapons like the recluse and they couldn't do it because of eternal viability and They didn't do that. Like, the raid weapons, I don't even think the raid weapons are necessarily at the ceiling. I don't think that they were going to suddenly blow the ceiling off and make weapons that were one-tapping everything. I didn't expect the combat to get disrupted. But there's still things you could do in a PvE environment to say, this is literally one of the strongest hand cannons they've ever made. This thing's nuts, right? And... You know, no one reasonably thought they would make something as strong as a pre-new Recluse. I always said, Eugene, that they could make a weapon that was as strong as the Recluse in PvE. I never thought they were going to make something that was going to go and disrupt the Crucible, because the Crucible has a natural ceiling on how much power you can put in a given weapon. Because if you suddenly turn everything into Call of Duty, two-tapping, one-tapping, it would get absurd, right? I still think that there's room for elemental perks, utility perks, and power to put something on the level of a recluse when there's no doubt in your mind this is one of the best hand cannons or one of the best snipers or whatever. I still think there's room for them to do that. I actually don't think they went far enough. I believe that they could go farther. Um so it doesn't need to be as as mindless as the recluse was where you literally get a kill and then the gun becomes absurdly strong it doesn't need to be that you know that silly but it needs to be undeniably like yeah, yeah this is one of the best hand cannons in the game it's so strong it's so good it's got so many great perk combinations and utilities yeah it, it's, it, it's, it's gonna need sunset in a year you know what I mean um I, you know it's funny, I would have never imagined they would have taken stasis as far as it has, and it's something you can't on Sunset. Right, a spe- well, a crucible mainly is where it seems like dad gum, this is just so strong. Um, I don't know. I'm loving the raid shoddy and hand cannon pairing with recombination on the shoddy and redirect on the hand cannon. I'm a major killer. Like, those weapons are contextually strong all the time. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. I don't know. Wheezy says, "I don't think I ever want to repeat the Recluse for either mode. The Recluse was obscene. It was a special weapon disguised as a primary. There's a reason they kept gutting it, right? Again, I, I, I think, I think you guys are thinking of the, the purely the Recluse as a weapon that killed one ad and became an ad melter. That's not what I'm asking for. I continue to think Bungie has not pushed the lever far enough on utilities and elemental strengths. It's." it's all reload and damage oriented, and I don't think you can push it any farther than the Recluse. I don't even think you can go as far as pre-nerf Recluse, because again, it was so mindless. I am saying they need to look at the category of utility strength and elemental strength and say how could we make these guns stronger in that realm? So there's no question in your mind, this gun is really strong. I can see why they brought Sunsetting. They brought Sunsetting to make sure this thing's not always available. It eventually needs put out to pasture, right? Like, I get where you guys are coming from, but Bungie sold us on the idea of Sunsetting being all about if we create really awesome, best-in-class, really strong weapons, their eternal viability makes it impossible to replace them, and it's a threat to future game design. There is literally nothing right now from the raid that's a threat to future content and there's nothing in the raid right now that wouldn't be easy to replace with another really great weapon like there are plenty of weapons from the from the from the Deepstone crypt raid that you could put down and say i i don't need this thing this new hand cannon this new whatever is great and has good perks i mean I, I don't know. I got a Feeding Frenzy Rampage 180 hand cannon from the raid. Like, I did just like and it feels great and it feels good. Well, I I got one more hand cannon to add to my pile of 16 god rolls. Now, I know I can go for better versions that have some of the perks that are uh, that are unique to the raid, but I want more. I want more out of raid weapons. I don't think they went far enough. Even if it was as simple as a mod slot for raids and there were mods you could put on it that made the gun stronger and then they brought hard mode raids and you wanted those guns in the hard mode raids. Something. I just I don't feel like they went far enough. I don't know. They, they They seem like solid legendaries with unique perks. That's all they feel like to me. So... Chase Man do you agree with Lightleap's theory that Bungie whiffed on the storyline I think they still have a lot of openings for plot twists backstabbing deceit alternative uh, motives Um, I actually kind of agreed with him I thought the lead up to Aramis was kind of weak it was cool but it wasn't it didn't really land on me it didn't seem that strong we weren't on a revenge kick like we were when we were chasing the barons uh, and you know Kate had died um. yeah it didn't feel all that impactful I actually really like the story after Aramis like from that point on you know Varix is sending me to do stuff and he's got good audio and good lines and I'm doing stuff with the stranger and then she finally runs into Anna and then they have their conversations and then the lament and Clovis and finding out Clovis and who Banshee is I thought all of that was awesome going down to the Braytech facility it's got this Stanley Kubrick feel to it and there's you know there's, there's all this great dialogue from him and I actually thought that's where the story got better and like we were saying on the round table the idea that that Elsie Bray the stranger has literally seen numerous timelines where she had to kill her own sister because her sister chose to go to the darkness and you know things are working out differently this time that not being seen and only spoken really, really undercut how cool that is to think about the fact that she actually has traveled to other timelines and had to leave those timelines because things got so bad and she was just like, nope, did not I didn't pull off what I wanted to pull off. I mean that that would have been I think really really helpful uh, to see and to, and I think to add more impact to it. OG Boxer, with transmog in the pipeline, could it be the reason less ornaments are being offered as ornament drops with silver being one of the ways to unlock transmog or is this looking for problems? Well they're not selling legendary ornaments I don't think because of sunsetting Um, I don't think they like the idea of selling you an ornament for a weapon that gets sunset and so they're no longer doing that around the time that sunsetting started to become part of the dialogue and part of the conversation they said that they would not be selling legendary ornaments any longer and i believe the two are related that to me just sort of makes sense um i think big picture the idea that they're empowering you to have more cosmetic freedom while also saying hey you can buy these for silver if you don't feel like unlocking this as as an ornament sure I, I think there's a motive there to get money and I don't actually think that that's a problem um you know, the, the motivation to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you this freedom. We're going to give you this power. You can grab anything from collections, anything you've ever earned, anything you've ever un- unlocked as an armor piece, and you can turn it into a universal ornament. And if you don't feel like going through the process and taking the time to do it all, well, then we'll give you the opportunity to just spend some silver and bypass it and shortcut it. I mean, more than likely, they're probably going to make a lot of money off of transmog. Also, if you've never really spent money in the Eververse and bought silver, I bet you you'll be able to continue being that type of a player. If you're the type of player that's never spent a dime on silver, you've never ever done it, you've either used your Bright Dust or just ignored those things in there You know that that either you wanted or couldn't afford with your Bright Dust, if you're a non-silver purchasing Guardian, I believe you will continue to be one even once Transmog is in the game. I don't think it's going to be that obscene for you to to, to, to change something into an ornament. If they make it ridiculous and arduous and painful, it's just not going to go over well. You know, it's, it's gotta be something that demands enough of your time that some people want to take a shortcut, but not too much of your time that it feels like scummy. It's going to be in like a happy, I think, in like a happy little, you know, a happy little lane. They're gonna, you know, you gotta go and do this. Well, I don't want to. Alright, well, get some silver. You know, I buy silver. Look, there's nothing wrong with buying silver. There isn't. But there are people who never, ever want to spend any silver in the game. You know? With my question in the past, we got ornaments for Iron Banner, Faction, Vanguard, and PvP that has all ended. Now only ornaments are either tests or season pass, i.e. paid for. I mean, I don't know if they stopped doing that because of this boxer. I mean, they did almost nothing with the vendors, so you might be you might be smelling you might be smelling smoke from a different fire. You see what I'm saying? I don't necessarily think they did this because they were like, "Oh, let's try and make some money. Let's no longer do ornaments for Iron Banner, you know, factions and Vanguard." To me, it's like I I don't know they. They they've moved they've moved away from doing that as well as like they, they didn't do anything with, um with, with with the vendors at all, um you know what I mean? How do you even get bright dust outside of the season pass? You do uh, weekly and repeatable bounties. Horn Joe. I agree with you that gear we have earned shouldn't be given to us uh, for free as transmog, but do you think the year one Solstice armor glows should be free transmog if you paid for it? Yes. Yeah. I think if you if you ever paid for any of those glows, you should automatically have those as ornaments. I think they should honor that as a as a cosmetic purchase that you made. I don't think that's entitlement I think that's just basic logic like hey man I bought those back then man and I don't get you, those. I, I didn't get to keep those I didn't get to bring those with me um, so Fuzzy is asking are there any VIPs who don't have a team for fight night yeah we should have pushed that a little bit harder yesterday we pushed the the VIP fight night a lot this week. But if you pick a, a VIP tier as a member and you want to raid tonight for the raid race, every team is going to get 1 hour to see how far they can get with a randomized uh loadout. Um you can pick the armor you want to wear. I'm not going to make people do randomized armor cuz you might end up with armor that is it that has nothing on it, you know, no energy, no mods, no nothing. Mainly we're just randomizing our guns. Um so uh yeah, we're gonna be doing that tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. VIP fight nights on Friday nights. Fight nights might start taking place on a different channel, but at least for tonight, since it's Destiny, we'll do it on this channel. But going forward, we might start doing that on the uh, the unannounced, unlaunched gaming channel that we're consider la- we're considering launching we don't want to hurt our our metrics over here and our algorithms because game night you know friday night fight night vip fight night it isn't really conducive to what we do monday through friday Um, We're also going to start uploading the Rageous Roundtable. The recording of it is going to start hitting the upload channel and not this channel because those are also underperforming now on the weekends just because YouTube doesn't understand what I'm doing. It's like I stream Monday through Friday, and then I upload one random two-hour video on the weekend. So we're trying to feed the algorithm a pure and predictable pattern uh, because that helps growth. Moped Mike says the majority of guns in collections are random rolls and cannot be pulled with that it makes them feel pointless to me do you think set rolls could be the solution or something else I mean I uh, at this point <laughs> I approve of this g- n- name right yeah that's what we'll just call it I actually think that um, there should be a standard roll that, that that can get spit out. Um, so, like, let's just say, alright, let's say that you just really want to pull out a ringing nail for whatever in the frick reason. You just want one. I don't know what you're doing. You know, maybe you're running content or maybe you just miss it and you want to take it for a spin in the public space. There should be a default role for that gun so you can just pull it out and enjoy it. Now, obviously... Um, uh, obviously you don't want to have it be a God role, you know, you don't want to get the gun and the gun is trash. And then you can pull out of collections with like a better role. So the role from collections would need to be pretty basic and pretty uninteresting. It w- you wouldn't want it to be that good. Um, but to me, you know, there's the link in chat. If you're looking for the videos, uh, if you're looking for the, the upload channel, uh, it's sntrvideos.com or you can click the link in chat right now. So sntrvideos.com or click the link in chat from the videos command. Um, So I I don't... This is not a front burner issue for me. I'm not going to storm the castle on this one and be like, give us rolls that we can pull from collections. But it does seem kind of weird. It's like... I. Man, I would love... There was a couple of times where I'd have been like, "Oh, I wish I could pull that gun out. I don't have one right now. Well, it'd be nice just to be able to pull out some standard version that they determined is the default role or something. They should change things around to where you have to unlock perks on guns. Once you unlock a perk, you can recraft any gun from collections with that perk. Wait, but couldn't you then just make a god roll then, Milky? Is that what you're saying? So as long as I get the gun once with with outlaw, and as long as I get the gun once with rampage, can I just make a rampage outlaw gun? I don't think I agree with that. If that's what you're saying, I don't I don't like that. Um, that sounds a little that sounds a little bit too much. That's basically like that's basically crafting. Um, oh, that's what you think? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think th- if if they were to do that, Milky, they would need. Tw- three times the number of perk possibilities on a weapon um, we, we, th- there aren't enough perks, everybody's generally gravitating towards the same couple anyway I don't know I, I, we would need, yeah you'd have a god roll so fast you would need to have way more perks way more perks, and I just don't think they're ever going to go down the road of that's low level crafting, and I just don't think they're ever going to go that route or just pull random rolls from collections and make it cost more yeah but that's, no, no if you can pull random rolls from collections now you're just re-rolling your gun in the tower like I did with my dry rot and we never need to go back there I just stood in the tower and was like dump, 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 drop, drop it just kept changing the rolls the difference with how they do it in the raid right now is you have to run the raid, you have to get the currency, and then you're only gonna you are only going to you are only getting it every so often. I know you're basically making the game spit out another roll on the same weapon, but I'm I have to go into the content, I have to do you know the, the the actual engagements. You can get the gun, enjoy it, and it'd be more likely to have gamers try more guns and roll combinations. I just don't think there is the loot depth, loot quantity, and perk depth, and perk quantity to do what you're talking about. I just, I don't know. I feel like everybody would get a handful of rolls. I mean, look how many times I was doing anything, whether it was the Umbral Farm or the Sundial, and I would be like one away from a god roll, one away from a god roll. You're talking about getting one away from a god roll and then being like, all I gotta do is get one to drop with that perk that I didn't get. And that happens all the time. There's only six per lane or four per lane sometimes. I don't know. You still have to play enough to get all the perks on those specific guns. Uh, That isn't a fast grind you're forgetting how, how accessible guns are now, though. Being able to pursue guns and get them the turnover rate of guns that you're targeting for farming is way better. Maybe in the past, a system like that could have worked, but man, oh man, we can target the frick out of guns right now. You can really chase virtually any gun you want. You can chase it with a whole lot of agency and intentionality. It is not, it is not what it once was. Um, I don't... yeah... I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye on anything that smells like crafting because I just, I, I, I know what, I just, I know what that kind of shortcutting re-rolling crafting thing does to grind. Um, I don't know I just I felt it with the dry rot I felt it with the auction house in Diablo 3 like those sorts of shortcuts to god rolls to me people like you are like yes I love it it's great in ESO and I'm like I hated when I have that kind of quick route to god rolls even now you know what's funny you know it's funny even now I'm changing my mind about the loot logistics of the raid it just feels too transactional it's too transactional it is. I, I I don't like the idea that someone can just slam out security and then go buy 12 versions of a gun. I, I don't I don't like that. That doesn't feel like a loot chase to me. I they, 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 they I think they swung too hard. They swung too hard at loot logistics in the raid. I'm telling you right now I'm changing my mind. I don't like it. I, 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 I it, it, it would have been better I think it would have been better. if you had to grind the entire raid for a key, and then you elect to use that key at a given encounter that can drop the gun that you're looking for so that would have respected what you're doing now which is right one entire run gets you an extra drop right but they've made it to where everyone's just going crazy getting the currency and then you can just get a ton of drops right so they need to do one of two things with the way with the way that the raid loot logistics works right now don't let people just farm the same encounter over and over and over again. I think that cheapens it. And number two, I yeah, get rid of farming security. So either get rid of farming security. That You know what? If it was that, I'd be okay with it. If you made me play the raid beginning to end extra drop, beginning to end extra drop, I'd be okay with it. We always had this fear. Anytime we brought up currency, anytime we brought up the Wrath of the Machine currency system, we always had this fear that people would just grind the easiest encounter and then use all the currency instead of playing the entire raid. We always had this fear, and this is how I think they should do it. In a similar vein to the way that the chalice would reset itself after a completed run, I think the currency should work this way. It should come from a bounty that resets itself. Checkbox security, checkbox eight tracks, checkbox tanix, checkbox final tanix. Once those four boxes are checked, it gives you the 20. It gives you the currency to get another gun that's the way you protect what you're doing now is utter nonsense it's like you guys had to know that people were gonna do this right it should literally be a bounty that just keeps resetting every completion hey you checked all four boxes boom here's your 20 and then you go and you get your extra gun and then you start over and you do it again that's how it should work See, they did they did the same thing they did with the Menagerie. The Menagerie glitch, people running the Menagerie and getting six weapons at a time, and then they brought down the portcullis, and they are like, no, 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 one gun at a time, and everybody got mad. Now, everybody's getting used to the security farm, and if they take it away, everybody's going to moan and be like, meh, this grade sucks now. I, it's, I think they went too far. They gave you way too much freedom on getting the currency. It should have been more managed. Wouldn't it be simpler to allow encounters to be rerunnable and to do away with currency? If you wanted the Fatebringer, you just ran Templar. If you want another gun, you ran the other encounter. Well, the only problem with that—the only problem with that—is you're doing the same thing. You're, t- you're turning the raid into a menu. You're just turning the raid into a menu. I'm just going to run this encounter over and over and over and over and over, and over again. I like the idea of, hey guys, let's run a raid. I'm trying to get another gun. Okay, I'm trying to get another gun too. Oh, I'm trying to get a high stat helmet. Okay, and you all go and run the raid together. And when you're done running the raid, you get the currency and you buy what and you, and you pick what you want. Right? That to me, that to me is the best system. Rather than being like, well, I want to get this gun. You're like, well, I need to get some boots and they're different encounters. And it's like, uh, well, we can't really play together. It just makes more sense to be like, I'm looking for this gun, you're looking for that gun, this homie over here still hasn't gotten a helmet to drop yet, let's all run the raid, get the currency, and then let's buy the thing at the end. Instead of farming security all day, like, I can't believe they didn't see that. Every time we brought up currency, somebody in chat would say the same thing. Lono, people would just find the easiest encounter and just run it over and over and over and over again. And I was like, you're right, there would have to be some kind of protected barrier. I don't know why we're better at deducing shortcomings than they are. Remember when trials information dropped, and we were like, people are gonna low-card farm to keep their inventory, uh, to to keep their loot pool small, and grind for particular guns, and that's what everybody did. And with currency in a raid, everyone's like, everyone's just gonna run the easiest encounter to to save up their currency if, if Bungie allows you to basically get more drops of the currency. And Bungie's like, oops! And then everybody's farming security five minutes at a time. You know what I mean? Do you just get spoils from the chest each week? No, I like the idea of just running the raid and getting spoils. It never, this is good for Sherpas. This is good for teams that are helping people run it. They get something for their time. They get something for their time. That's how it should be you should just know I'm running this raid with these guys and if we complete it I get another drop like that's that's the mindset that should be in the player instead people are like let's just run security and save up the spoils so here's the here's what's happening you're taking all those really experienced players that would make great sherpas and great raid runners and raid helpers and you're basically just turning them into number crunchers they're like well if we run this you know we'll just do this over and over and that's all we got to do Wrath already had the system worked out. Why didn't they use it again? Currency per encounter three times a week per tune. Chest at every boss. Right. They could do something like that, Milky. I don't like limiting it. I like letting somebody go as many times as they want, but it would be cool if they would say, you got currency from security. Currency's not going to drop from security until until you complete the raid. Does that make sense? like it would it should basically register as an X like uh, uh, no currency can't drop right now. It's you haven't completed the raid. you have to complete the raid in order for the currency to drop again. like that's how it should work. And then like you're saying, well, I'm gonna open this chest because I know such and such comes out of it or or, or there's a chance at this or whatever you know. I, we're, we we got it. You always have to be careful. You always have to be careful. Like the guy said when he wrote the big long blog post about how wrong the loot was in Anthem and he had saved Diablo with the loot 2.0 update. He was like, sometimes you gotta protect the player from themselves. And in this case, I think Bungie needs to protect the player from themselves. Um, you know... Uh, you know... Uh, let's see. Raid... Currency... Ra- I'm just writing down uh, talk ideas. The raid currency problem. Um, I hate limited farming. No limit is uh, no limits is best. Wrath is better than nothing, though, uh, and we have nothing. I don't necessarily understand what you're saying. Wrath isn't better. We don't have nothing. We have like an extreme version of what Wrath did. Like what we have now is extreme comparatively. or you're saying Wrath is better than nothing right now we have nothing in that right now we have no limits at all you can just rerun security I think that maybe that's what you mean I'm saying we got one currency drop per week per character Wrath just uh, gave you three times that we get one currency drop per week per character Wrath gave you three times that no right now you can just keep running it and get currency over and over and over again That's right now you actually get you get the currency endlessly um next week the DC challenges start the raid is fast enough that you might get the drop you want along the way we farmed the final boss for the currency which I feel is fine we cleared it we were capable why not um I didn't realize that's what's happening. Oh, that's the basis for everything I've been saying, Milky. There's no limit on how much currency you can get in a week. So people are running the easiest encounter over and over and over again at five minutes a pop. They get to the 240 limit. They get 240 spoils and then they go run the final boss. And with 240 spoils, you can buy 12 of a given weapon. Just 12, 12, 12. Bam, 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 bam. Like, they're just god roll farming. Or shopping, really. God roll shopping. So. There shouldn't be a limit. There should be a better system. That's right. It's the logistics that need to be tweaked. Giving us a currency and agency over getting what we want is fine. The, The logistics are too loose. It's like it's too easy for people to take shortcuts. So. Kingswall gave you two drops at the end with the crystals. It was a chance at two drops. You didn't always get two drops. Sometimes it would consume them and you wouldn't get anything. It was weird. Um, Have the spoils decrease in value each time you open the chest. You don't need to overbake the cake. I just think it needs to require a complete run instead of just running security over and over. I think security should drop spoils for your warlock, let's say and then it won't drop spoils until your warlock beats the raid you, you have to complete the raid to reset the currency drop I don't know that to me just makes sense then people would just say let's just play the raid beginning to end then we'll end the raid and we'll have enough currency to buy another gun so Horn Joe Would you like to see a backup plan for Adept in case you don't see the God roll? Say, break 10 Adepts uh, to get Dust to turn a gun Adept? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know here, man. This is a good question. So basically what Horn Joe's asking about was a really good piece of input that uh, a bit of support put in the chat during the Rageous Roundtable. Support was like, grandmaster nightfalls aren't designed to be something that you grind over and over and over again most teams just go down to master if they're wanting to grind something over and over and over again so if i'm gonna grind for a god roll shadow price in a nightfall because it's adept i'm in a Suddenly I'm grinding content in a way that Bungie never intended it to be that way. Bungie even said before Grandmaster's hit that it was about completion not going back in over and over and over again for loot. Like the main goal was just get it completed and move on essentially. So Horn Joe's kind of tacking onto that question how about a backup plan for adept weapons if you don't get the god roll and you break down 10 of them and then you can turn the god roll adept or something like that. I don't necessarily know if I want like a brand new system Um, what I would say is if they really want to get capital out of these guns then they have to think differently about grandmasters and how they're structured if you want me to grind for a shadow price and I have to get you know 15 drops before I get the one that I want then you got to think differently about how grandmasters are structured. At the current at the current way they're set up, when the shadow price for drops for me adept, it should just be a curated locked in roll, and that's it. That's the roll, and I'm done. I've got my adept shadow price. That to me is the way to do it. If it's in grandmaster, I just I don't know. I, it it doesn't it doesn't seem to fit. You know. I. <laughs> Should we talk about primary exotic weapons having super specific perks or bad? Example, utility of the mouth and the Hawkmoon versus the Ace, Thorn, and Crimson. It just depends on what you're wanting to do with the weapon, though. So, I wouldn't want Grandmasters to turn Trials, though. I've never touched Grandmaster Nightfalls and have no plan on touching them as uh, I don't see any way for them as if to get me to play them. Well, adept adept weapons just don't seem strong enough as a motivator. At least not for me. You know? At least not for me. And yeah, I, what Ku, what Ku Vang is saying is fixed rolls are bad unless they have multiple bubbles to pick from. I'm not a fan of static rolls either, you know? It, I actually thought of this. For trials adepts at least, get a small currency for every flawless and then allow me to make my god roll not adept, I have soul adept. Just make it cost a large amount. Yeah. (sighs) Are you suggesting that idea because because they didn't have Adepts back then and you're in this weird spot where you feel you're kind of owed it because you went flawless and you got the Eye of Soul and now you got your God roll and you're like, I don't want to grind for it again. So is it not the best example? Like, do we want to legislate to what happened to you in this weird interim period where you went flawless and already got your god role and it's like, well now they're making them adept. I feel like it's a weird weird specific example that we don't want to legislate to. Um, because I don't know, I understand where Hornjo and you are coming from. You guys are basically coming from this idea of like if if I if I get ten shadow prices and none of them are the roll that I want, can I can I just have enough currency at that point to drop down to another nightfall and grind for the god roll shadow price and then I turn it into an adept because I you know I got I got the currency from breaking down the adepts or something. Um, I hear where you're coming from and I understand why you're saying it. I just don't think I'm in support of the idea. Like Adepts are supposed to be something that like, drop from a particular area for a particular reason. And being able to basically trash a bunch of Adepts and turn an existing god roll into an Adept, I don't like that. that, I, that I bristle at that. I'm like, ee, that doesn't feel right. There, there's something off there, and here's why. Think of it this way. If I can grind a Nightfall at a lower difficulty... At a greater rhythm, I'm getting the gun, and then I get the god roll, okay? That made getting the god roll easier, in a sense, and now I just need the currency to upgrade it. You could argue the same thing with trials. I'm just going to play like a potato. Who cares? Eventually, I'll get the god roll. I'll get my tokens. I'll get my bounties. I'll just eventually get the god roll that I want from game three, five, or a random drop. And you finally get the god roll. And then then all you got to do now is go flawless a couple times, break down some adepts, and then it's an adept. Now, I know somebody might say, but if it's expensive, Lono, but if it's expensive, I don't know. I just still feel like you don't want to make it to where that to me is really truncated. I don't know if that's the right word. You're going to go into the lower difficulty area to get the god roll because the interval of reward is greater there. You're getting the gun more often. You get the god roll and then you slog out the harder difficulty for an adept currency to turn your god roll into an adept. Do you see how you're kind of busting up? You're, you're, like, you're busting it up. To me, it makes more sense to be like, no, if you want the Adept, go flawless. If you want the Adept, go into Grandmaster. It, it just seems like you're, you're changing the Adept grind into a currency grind at that point. The gun is merely a means of getting a currency to turn your already obtained god roll into an Adept. That, to me, is backwards. That's not how it's supposed to work. Again, I empathize and sympathize with what you're saying. It kind of sucks if you've already got your god roll that you got back in the summer or whenever in the heck and now they're bringing out adept versions and you're like, well, I went flawless. I sh- mine should be adept. I-, I do. I hear where you're coming from. Um, and it also stinks, this question. Think about this question, right? you know, you get 10 adept shadow prices and they're all trash rolls. I could understand being like, ah, this sucks, I don't want to do this, you know? Um, the, the only thing I think they could do, do you know how in Garden of Salvation they limited the perk pool of the guns so that it was more likely, they, they, they're, they're basically playing a mathematical probability game, right? They're increasing the probability of you getting the god roll. I will say this, what if adept weapons have a smaller perk pool so it's more likely that you get a good roll combination get some of the crap out of there so the the innate quality of the gun goes up right the innate quality of the gun goes up you get rid of like the perks that are are seen as as they're 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 almost never used they're seen as less value everybody kind of knows yeah there's six perks on here but there's really only three people go after so maybe shrinking the perk pool on the guns that drop Adept could be a really, really good starting place. You see what I'm saying? Then the innate quality of the gun goes up. It's way more likely you're going to get a roll that is at least good or close to a god roll, as opposed to being like, yay, I got another shadow price with moving target. Awesome. You know, and, and, and you're irritated, and it's not even close to what you were looking for. I think just lower the drop rate and make them static roll. If you lower the drop rate and make them static roll, you're going to bring back the D1 super rare Fatebringer feel, which I don't necessarily know is is, it, is that bad or is it really out of place and where destiny has come? You know, like I feel like we've moved away from that era where the gun like never drops. And there's only one version of it. I, I, I feel that the game has evolved past that, you know. Um, and I don't I don't I don't know. I think I like where I've where I've kind of landed. Adept weapon should have a smaller perk pool. So as soon as I that shadow price drops, I know it's way more likely to be better than the shadow price at the lower difficulty Nightfalls. It's way more likely to have good perks because its perk pool is smaller. The same should be happening when you're popping the Adept weapons from the Trials chest. It just should have a smaller perk pool, so it's way more likely to be better than the ones that people are getting in the lower, you know, in, for tokens and stuff. Um... I think random rolled adept weapons don't make sense. The adept nature isn't good enough. Right, I actually don't know if adept's far enough anyway. If you go read the details of it, I mean, when you masterwork the uh, the gun, you get an extra three stats to all the stats that aren't the masterwork. So if, it's, if, if the masterwork is range and you masterwork it to 10, you get 10 stat points on, on range and then you get three on the others. And then after that, you get... You can do an Adept mod, which is either just a base level stat out of 10, which isn't much, or there's going to be Adept versions of existing mods that'll take some stats away. So, you know, it'll be like, I don't know, Adept, I'm just making this up, Adept Feeding Frenzy, but Adept Feeding Frenzy will take 10 points away from Reload, so... It'll proc the perk faster, but the gun's base level reload will go down. I made that one up. That one's not a one. That's not a thing, but that's how the Adept mods are going to work. They're going to be better, but they're going to take some stats away. It's going to be trade pain, basically. When I hear all that, I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound that great. <laughs> None of that sounds that great. Obviously, we haven't seen all the Adept mods, so maybe we need to withhold our judgment, but um, yeah... I think adept weapons in their current conception that I've read in the description of the blog that announced them I think they sound pretty weak you know, for, for an adept flawless reward I think they sound weak Chase Man. Should we be forced to bring our treats or cookies to Shaw Hand's weird lacrosse player turned guardian self? In my opinion, he hasn't done anything considered a guardian. I don't trust him. This really isn't a serious question. Uh, Jose. Unfortunately, your Thanksgiving event got cancelled due to your medical emergency. Glad you're okay, by the way. Any chance for a Christmas thing for us loners? Um, man, I have no idea. Um, it, it I got to talk to my wife there. It would have been very different to do a stream on Thanksgiving just for fun with you guys. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Usually I do the five nights of Frickmas the week before, uh, like drinking and sitting by the fireside and reading you guys Christmas stories. Um, we may do something like that, but I don't know. This is obviously an unrelated question, but that's okay. We're at the end of Q and a, um, we, five Nights of Frickmas is going to change, too. I don't really feel like doing the whole Christmas carol, Destiny Christmas carol thing. I don't really feel like singing. I was just going to have drinks and like read Christmas books to you guys. If we do it. Again, I don't even know if we're going to do it because I don't even know what channel we would do it on. YouTube is really a weird animal. It, it like Doing little pop-up streams like that just don't make sense. They end up hurting the channel. Um, it's really unfortunate. Hopefully some of the things they launch first quarter next year uh, with streaming utilities and tools and stuff, hopefully they come up with a way to do some live streams that maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe you delete the VOD and it doesn't hurt the channel's algorithms, but I never want to feed YouTube information that, like, the channel's performing poorly, because... We're still dealing with that this week. I mean, we we're still struggling to hit the numbers we were hitting earlier because we just we took a week off, and then the roundtable upload doesn't do well, so we're not going to do that anymore. You have to like dance by, you have to dance to the tune of a song you don't hear you can't even really truly hear. A lot of this is just guessing, um, so I don't even know where we're going to do Five Nights of Frickmas. We might stream it on another channel. Um, I, I just I truly don't know. So. Um... Anyway, anyway, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Uh, We may run some raids to get ready for tonight. The VIP Fight Night Random Raid Race. If you're listening to this as a recording, make sure and check out the live stream at sntrlive.com. If you're going to part ways with me, a lot of people hang out until Q&A is over, then they kind of leave for the day. Be sure to hit the like button and subscribe on the way out. We want to maintain our subscriber milestone that we hit. And we also always love to see the like count roll over. As always, if you're listening or watching in other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.